Hey guys, if you're looking to order custom team apparel for this freestyle and Greco season, look at SpartanCombat.com. They're running a special right now on custom team apparel, whether it's for Fargo, the NHSCA duels, or your freestyle and Greco state. Please consider Spartan Combat. Go to SpartanCombat.com to place your order. It's about, you know, uh, leaving Maywood and, you know, beating poverty, you know, um, beating a broken home, uh, uh, beating uh, drug dealers, beating uh, gang members who are recruiting you, you know what I mean, because they know you're a tough kid. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's. 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Reggie Wright, a two-time All-American at Oklahoma State, a two-time Illinois State champ. He's also in the Illinois Hall of Fame. Reggie was recently featured in our latest audio documentary, Escape from Inglewood, and his interview was fantastic, and I wanted to release it here for you folks to listen to. So this interview was recorded at my condo, of all places, Last winter, did not in- intentionally plan for this to go live as a standalone episode, but like I said, it's it's an amazing interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the week goes to Troy Seeley, a fan of ours on Twitter who rocked a Wrestling Changed My Life shirt this past week and posted about it. Thank you so much, Troy. We greatly appreciate it. This episode's presented by Spartan Combat, who's now running a special on custom team apparels for the Freestyle and Greco season. Go to SpartanCombat.com to place your order for custom singlets, shirts, warm-ups, you name it, at SpartanCombat.com. Now, without further ado, let's give it up for Reggie Wright. All right, let's get started, my friend. So yeah. go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Who are we hearing from? Okay, my, uh, my name is Reggie Wright. Um, I wrestled at Proviso East. Um, 1992 to 1996, uh, wrestled for the legendary uh, Coach Bill Cartwright. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great coach, great uh, motivator, great counselor. You know, I, you know that's what I like to call him, the great counselor. Why is that? Because I mean, um, a lot of our wrestlers, um, we were naturally just high strung, and we really didn't need to get motivated. You know, we didn't need any motivation to try to win. You know. Um, we needed to be calmed down, you know. You know, we needed to be calmed down and, uh, 
you know, kind of refocused and reset. And that's what it would do for us is kind of calm us down and get us, you know, focused again, you know. So that's why I was called the Great Counselor. And who did you wrestle for in the IKWF? IKWF, I wrestled for, um, uh, head coach I think was uh, Eddie Baker. He's the, actually the head coach at Proviso East right now. He was my my, my first wrestling coach. And um, Eddie Baker wrestled uh, with my uncle. My uncle just passed away, uh, Raynard, uh, Raynard Wright. Uh, Eddie Baker wrestled with him. And, um, and Eddie Baker's brother wrestled with my father. So... You know, it's just a lot of wrestling going on in uh in the proviso uh you know proviso township. And I think, you know, I mean, you know, we we're here to talk about Mount Carmel, but you know, before Mount Carmel, I think the you know, you know, the legacy was kinda proviso, you know. I mean, I think Mount Carmel kinda stepped in, you know, and uh kinda took over kinda after Proviso had their little run, you know. So Tell me about the Proviso run. Oh man, um it it, it was awesome. I mean it was um I, I think it, it might have been um, a great run, but it was a little different because it was mainly done with um, kids that were from Maywood, you know? Everybody was from Maywood. Everybody was, was from those 21 blocks. It's only 21 blocks, you know? And even, you know, um, the success that um, uh, uh, Oak Park had, a lot of those kids, you know, their parents were from Maywood, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of talent still, you know, flowing up, you know, um, maybe not in Maywood, but, you know, originating in Maywood, but kind of like, you know, you move. I mean, because Maywood is a tough place to live, you know, and if you do better for yourself, you know, um, you want to leave Maywood and you want to do better for your kids. So that's so. something that's present growing up in Maywood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you said mostly kids from Maywood. Of course, Mount Carmel were known to be vicious recruiters. Is that something uh, that was like well known back in the day that Mount Carmel was recruiting from all over the city? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That was that was well known. It was well known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't fault them for it. I mean, a lot of people have, uh, uh, you know, they have a sour taste in their mouth. But you know, I mean, if you you know, you know, I'm from poverty. You know, I you know I grew up poor. You know, so you know. Um, I always tell people or, you know, um, a wrestling dad, if you, you know, you get a chance to do better for your kid, you should do better for him, you know, do better for him. You know what I mean? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares what everybody's saying? You know, do better for your kid. You know, I mean, I would do the same thing. So, you know, and, and it gives you an opportunity, you know, give the kid an opportunity, you know what I mean? So and so forth. So, I mean. You mentioned that. Maywood's a tough area to grow up. What did you know about Tony's reality growing up in Inglewood? So that's. It's funny that you say that because, you know, um, I think that, you know, um, um, just hearing about the Twisters and um, so I, I, I um, grew up um, uh, hanging out with a lot of wrestlers, all right? But my friends were older wrestlers. Oh, you know, everybody was older than me. Everybody that I hung out with, they were wrestlers and they were older than me. So they knew about things that I didn't know about. So they knew about the Twisters. So they would always tell these stories about, and I'd be like, oh, I, I, and I wasn't even wrestling yet, you know? And they would be like, oh yeah, when you wrestle the Twisters, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a tough, you know, tough thing to do. You, you know, you might get pinned or you might get ticked. I'm like, pinned or ticked? Seriously? No way. <laughs> I'm never gonna get pinned. I'm never gonna get ticked. You know, I was a proud, you know, proud guy, you know? And I haven't even started wrestling yet, but I thought I was, I thought I was tough, you know what I mean? So. 
And they would always say Tony Davis or Steve Williams. They would always say Tony Davis or Steve Williams. When you meet Tony Davis or Steve Williams, you know, something's going to happen. And I'm like, ah, nah, no way. You know what I mean? They're from the same place that I'm from. I mean, you know, I, you know, I had heard that um, I think Tony Davis was from Inglewood, Inglewood area. And, you know, um, I'm familiar with the Inglewood area. It, it, you know, it's it maybe similar to Maywood. You know, so um, mm-hmm. uh, my older peers would always uh, talk about, you know, um, oh, yeah, he's from where you're from, you know, but he's, you know, he knows how to wrestle. And I was like, oh, OK. So, you know, I, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm like, OK, this, this is going to be fun, you know, when, when we actually meet up. And when we met up, it was like it, it wasn't really that fun, you know, because <laughs> what happened was, um, um the way I would describe, you know, the first time we wrestled is um, he just beat me in every single position, you know. <laughs> and for me, that was kind of devastating because, you know, I had an ego and, you know, I felt like I was athletic. I could, you know, beat some of the older kids. You know, I was like in sixth grade. I could, you know, uh, um, wrestle with, you know, uh, high school kids. And, you know what I mean? You know, I just prided myself on being athletic and a good wrestler. But... You know, when I wrestled Tony Davis, it's like, you know, I, you know, it's like he like beat me in every single position. And and, and like I was telling you before, when I uh, first walked in, it was like, um, it was kind of demoralizing, you know, it was demoralizing. <laughs> and I did some soul searching, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, um, um, I can kind of remember the first time we wrestled. We wrestled at um, the Rose My Horizon Classic. We wrestled at the Rose My Horizon Classic. And it was the biggest tournament I had ever wrestled in in my life. You know, I was young. And um, um, I don't really remember all of the situations and all the positions, but I can just remember losing in every position and then me having kind of a panic attack. Like, I'm panicking kind of out on the match. And at the time, uh, my father was my coach. My dad was my coach. You know what I mean? <laughs> he would be tough on me, right? He was tough on me. And... Um, I was panicking, panicking, like breathing, you know, I couldn't control my breathing. I'm like trying to wrestle and I'm crying and I can't breathe. I'm like, and then here's Tony, boom, he's going to score some more points on you. You know what I mean? He's all calm and smooth and slick. And I'm like, what is going on? And after the match, it was like, I think he probably, you know, he probably beat me by seven or eight points or something. He kind of like beat me up, right? And um, I had a panic attack and I was like sitting there and I couldn't breathe. And I can remember, like, my father taking my stuff and just throwing it at me, you know, and I was just sitting there <laughs> crying and couldn't breathe. Like, that's the feeling I can kind of still feel now, you right. know? And I think that kind of carried on, you know what I mean? That first beating, you know what I mean? And, you know, um, and, and I, I think it, you know, it, it kind of set the tone because it's like you don't want to feel like that again, ever, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you wrestle, you don't want to have to feel like that. So... That was, you know, I think that's how we were attached like that. And, you know, I, I think maybe um, the next year we wrestled again. And my goal the next time we wrestled, I think it was at the War Horse, the War Horse Tournament. A big tournament, you know, big statewide tournament. And um, my goal was, I was like, uh, maybe I'm not as good as him, but I'm going to win some positions, you know. My goal was to win three or four positions against him and, you know, make it, you know, um, uh, an okay match, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you know, I think we we're, you know, we were scrapping around. Nobody was scoring any points, 
and I found myself in my, you know, one of my strongest positions, you know, and in a near cradle. I was in a near cradle. I mean, I, you know, I pinned, you know, I probably pinned Doug Swab in a, in a near cradle, you know, I pinned like national champions in a near cradle, you know, and, um, but Tony had a near cradle too. <laughs> we both had a near cradle. So, you know, I wasn't going to bail out of it. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm in a strong position. I think I'm going to get it. But Tony had it too. So it was like, oh, it was so, you know, long story short, you know, I got stuck, you know. Yeah. He stuck me because his near cradle position was stronger than my near cradle position. So, you know, I mean, I didn't hyperventilate this time, you know. Um, but one thing I did figure out is if I can limit the positions that we're in, I can win a match against them, you know. That's the one thing that I figured out. You don't want to get into a lot of positions with them, you know. <laughs> because he he'll probably beat you in, you know, a majority of the positions that you're in, you know. What made him so good as a kid? Um I think that's the another way we're connected. I think um I don't think that he's uh 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 wrestling just to wrestle and, and wrestling to be a champion, you know. I think he's wrestling against everything else. I think he's wrestling against poverty, you know. I think he's wrestling um uh wrestling against the kids in his neighborhood and, and, and wrestling to try to get out of his neighborhood. Cause you know, to me personally, that's what I was doing. You know, you know, they were, um, the twisters were a, a great barometer of kind of where I want to be athletically. If I can keep pace with them, I could be okay. I don't know if I can beat them, but I know I can be right there with them. You know, they're not that far ahead, you know, <laughs> you know, if they're first, I'm second kind of right there, but really truly speaking it's it's about, you know, um, uh, leaving Maywood and, you know, beating poverty, you know, um, beating a broken home, uh, uh, beating uh, drug dealers, beating uh, gang members who are recruiting you, you know what I mean, because they know you're a tough kid mm -hmm. and um, uh, you're a recruit, you know. It's like we want you with us because we know you can fight. We know you're tough and you got heart. They want you, you know, you know. Yeah, I could tell stories about, you know, being violated, you know. I'm violated because I don't want to fight, you know. I don't want to fight. I'm not getting kicked out of school, you know. Mm -hmm. And all of my other friends are kind of rushing another, you know, guy or, you know, another group of kids and they want to fight. And then I'm kind of like, you know, off to the side, like, <laughs> not me. I'm not getting kicked out of school. And it's like they can kind of see that you're not fighting and then you're in trouble from your friends, you know. Yeah. You know, so that, that kind of thing is like, I'd rather go and wrestle, you know. I can remember being violated kind of like that and then going to a, a big tournament with my, like, chest, like, kind of like, you know, like almost caved in from getting punched in the chest, you know. Like actually caved in? Yeah, well, like, you know, I mean, if you get violated, they hit you 50 times, you know. You stand on a wall and, you know, the big guy or whoever is violating you, they punch you in the chest. Boom, 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 boom. Like that. <laughs> You know, I can remember doing that, and, you know, getting violated and then have to go, you know, wrestle at the Northern Plain Regionals or something at the national tournament, you know. A couple of times it happened to me. So, you know, I, and I know for a fact that Tony, you know, kind of lived the same kind of lifestyle. You know, he, he might not say it. <laughs> he might not say it, but, you know, we're from, we have similar backgrounds like that. So. so when you're wrestling with that kind of chip on your shoulder, it brings a different kind of intensity. A different kind of, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, it's a different kind of intensity, but, you know, you're able to let everything go. I mean, if, if you saw Tony when, you know, me personally, you know, um, I feel like um, when I saw him 
when he was younger, it seemed like he was just having fun, you know? He's like, I'm not going to lose, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you could just let it all go because it's not really that important. And, you know, I know I'm going to win, you know? But, you know, um, the, the thing that's scary is, you know, I have to go back home kind of thing, you know? And then I have to, you know, like make sure that, you know, nothing's happening, you know? I mean, that I'm not a victim or something like that. So, yeah, it makes sense. So, actually, it's the opposite. Like, because kids from farm town, like where I'm from, right. I can't be able to stick with such a big deal, you get nervous and choke. For Tony, it's like, or for yeah. folks, so you're like, yeah. dude, that ain't shit. That's nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for me, you know, it was awesome that he got to go before me because it's like, you know, I would, you know, you see Steve Williams and you see Tony Davis, and it's like, oh, wow, these kids are from, you know, they're from, you know, a tough neighborhood. I could just, you know, I could just kind of mimic what they're doing. <laughs> so they're just a model. At one point for me, they were just a, you know, Steve and Tony, they were a model for me. And TJ, he was bigger than us. At you know, when we were younger, he was he was bigger. Mm-hmm. He was he was a little bit bigger. So tell me about the rumors of like Tony Davis and Steve Williams that were like built up at the kids' tournaments back in those days. Because I I read a quote that your coach said that like Tony Davis was an idol to these kids. Yeah, he was. You know, he was he was. I mean, he could do anything. I mean, it, I, I think. Um, yeah, everybody looked up to him. Everybody looked up to uh, Tony and Steve. You know, I mean, nobody could beat them. I mean, uh, they were just pinning everybody. They were, you know, they would pin your idol. <laughs> you know, like uh, a guy that's on on Mike Powell's level. You know, and everybody's looking up to him in the wrestling room. Somebody like Steve Williams would pin him. You know, we had uh, a guy Herbert House. He used to wrestle for. Um, he used to be around a lot because he, you know. Fred Arkin was one of his coaches, and Fred Arkin was kind of affiliated with um, um, Is it Bill Cartwright. No, no, Fred Arkin was in Bill Cartwright and um, in you know and um, Jim Cartwright. They're really close friends, so we would all go in each other's rooms, like mm-hmm. wrestling room. We would go to Conant, you know what I mean, and you know we would wrestle around with each other. So I would always see Herbert House, and I would go, "Oh man, this guy is awesome." Herbert House was the man, you know. And then I seen him wrestle Steve Williams, and Steve Williams pinned him. So I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I was like, there's that's that's when I found out it was levels to wrestling. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, there are several levels that you just don't know about. You know, it's another level up here. You know, it's like." <laughs> and Tony was that kind of that that level as well, Tony like was rumor at that level. and yeah, it wasn't just a rumor. It wasn't a rumor. I found that out quickly. You know, because I, I actually uh, got a chance to uh, to, to to go on a, and wrestle on a uh, on a national level. You know, um, I didn't have the money to do it. You know, um, a lot of people helped me out. You know, um, and I actually did not want to do it. You know, what I mean, I actually fought it. You know, what I mean, but um, uh, one of my mentors told me to kind of um, um, this will help you. And uh, my father told me that, yeah, it's, this is this is what you probably need to do to stay out of trouble, you know. So that, that was a tipping point. I'll do it because I can stay out of trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you know, a lot of my friends kind of went, to, you know, they got in trouble over the summertime. That's the time to get in trouble. I was off wrestling, and you know, I was wrestling. I, you know, I'd be I wrestled like you know. I think the first time I went and wrestled, I wrestled uh, Kilgard and um, Will Kelly, two of the top kids in the country I didn't feel when I wrestled them I lost to them like barely I didn't feel uh, like I had you know you know when I lost 
to them, I didn't feel like a, a loss to Tony Davis. You know what I mean? I feel like I could actually win m majority of the positions. <laughs> but when you wrestle a Tony Davis or a TJ, it's like you can't win any of the positions. <laughs> you're wrestling the guys and it's like you can't shoot in on them. You can't stop them from shooting in on you. You can't get away from them. You can't keep them down. It's like, what do you, like, what am I supposed to do? You know? And the confidence coming out of the Twister Room is like another level. It's at another level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. They just exuded confidence. And I think they, you know, I think they started at the kind of, you know, I mean, you know, you got TC Danzler and, you know, um, and Steve Williams and Joe. I really didn't know Joe that well, but uh, Steve and TC, yeah, they're confident. They exude confidence, you know what I mean? And I think that kind of trickles down to all of them. And it was, you know, it was great to see. You know, it was a great feeling to, you know, I wasn't even a twister and I could see it and I could kind of relate to it. I could pick up on that energy. So it's like, uh, they were helping me in some, you know, certain ways, you know I mean? It was like, oh yeah, I like this. I might have to be Tony, you know, I might have to wrestle Tony, but hey, you know, it's what it is, right? What, um, what memories do you have of the IKWF state tournaments back in those days? Like, where was it at and just brutal competition or? Oh yeah, it was tough. I mean, my first year, I think, um, uh, Jason Perro, he won my weight class, you know, um, uh, but, you know, Tony is the one who stuck out. You know, Jason would win by one or two points. You know, I think he beat Quintanilla or something like that by one or two points in my weight. But then, but Tony's like tech falling the guy, you know, in the finals. I'm like, what, who was that? You know, Tony, <laughs> you can see him all the way across, you know what I mean? Every time he wrestled, everybody like gathered around and it's like, oh, this is going to be a show. You know, it's going to be a show. And he's wrestling the guy that's good. I think he... My, might have wrestled like Jim Gahagan. I think he might have been a state champ or something too. He just like toyed with him. So yeah, those are the memories I have. That it that you know it was a lot of rumors about them and how good they 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 were and kind of how they acted. You know what I mean with confidence. But they were all true. They weren't just rumors. It was the truth. It was the truth. You know, like somebody's telling you something like that, you know, like, oh, man, these guys are just awesome. They're the best you're going to see. And you think that it just kind of embellishing a little bit. And it's, and it's actually an exaggeration, but everything was true. Damn. Everything that they said about them were true. Is it true that the Twisters, when they go to tournaments, they wouldn't talk to other kids? It was all business for them? I had heard that. I had heard that, but... Um, Tony was not like that. Tony was kind of, he was, um, he had more of a personality. I mean, um, I guess I, I, I didn't meet Tony when he was, uh, younger. I met him when he was a little older. I, I actually met TJ first, you know, um, cause he, we were roommates. Um, but you know, um, Tony, right. Tony was where? a more social. What's that? We're roommates with TJ where? At Lassen. Lassen Junior College. Oh, you went to Lassen? Yeah. I thought yeah. you went to Triton. I went to Triton one year um, and wrestled. And then I just, I was like, you know, I, I can't be here. You know what I mean? I did, you know, you I had to go out. and, I had to go and wrestle. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the, you know, better guys. And, you know, I, you know, it was me, TJ, and Sonny Marchetti. We were roommates, you know? Dude, I heard Sonny Marchetti Sonny was, was a killer, bro. Was tough. From, yeah. uh, from Walsh. So, um... But you were just saying that Tony, though, was, had a little bit more personality to him. He had personality. He was a talker, you know? I mean, 
I mean, I'm the same way. It's like, it's like, hey, we're just, we have so much in common, you know? It's like, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to see that he was kind of like, you know, uh, lighthearted and, you know what I mean? He would talk and, you know, you know, crack jokes and things like that, you know? But what I had heard is that they didn't talk to people. But I couldn't see that that was part of Tony's personality. You know, I, I'm sure you've talked to him, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a, t you know, he's, he's like kinda, a swindler, he man. He's so fun. Like, he's just, <laughs> man, we have a blast <laughs> talking fun, to yeah. him. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, and a lot of people, I interviewed a Mount Carmel coach last week, Ron Oglesby. Oh, yeah. And he was telling me, like, Steve and Tony were like charisma. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. That's Joe right. was like real low energy, but TJ is right in the middle. But Tony and Steve were like That's right. almost the same. That's right, yep. Yeah. That's right. That's what I got from it. Yep. Yeah. That's what I got from it. And, um, yep. So tell me about, um, you know, in the 90s in Chicago, in Chicago and area, violence just skyrocketed. Was that something you noticed living here? Or was violence just always prevalent in like Maywood and Inglewood and those kind of areas? Yeah, was, it was always prevalent, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just something we had to live with and um, had to deal with. And um, that was just the thing, you know. I mean, uh, that's the thing that you have to focus on. You have to make sure that you're safe first, you know. <laughs> then you can do the other things. You can, you know, focus on wrestling and, you know, and um, uh, becoming a national champion and things like that. But me me personally, you know, it was, um, even when I got to Oklahoma State, it was like, um, you know, um, it was easy to kind of transition because it's like, you know, uh, what's the alternative? You know what I mean? You're going to either win here or you're going to go back home. And every week I was I was getting calls, you know, um, from my mother or my father uh, saying that, oh, um, your one of your best friends just got killed. You know, one of your best friends, you know, just got locked up for 20 years or 15 years or something. And it's like, oh, I don't want any parts of that, you know. So it's like, you know, either go and do this or go and do that, you know. I mean, even if you're not that kind of guy, you know, I mean, poverty is just that, you know. It's like, what are you going to do? I mean, I mean, you hear stories all the time about, you know, um, guys get caught with guns, you know. But if you live, you know, in a place where, you know, everybody has guns, how do you not have a gun, you know? <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? So you're going to get yourself in trouble just, you know, uh, just by trying to protect yourself. I mean... So, I mean, it's funny you say that because Tony said like during the summer, like, you know, he would go to Mount Carmel all year round, prestigious, all boys school, wearing uniforms. But in the summer, it would be like a double life where he wouldn't life. even, you know, no cell phones back yeah. then. So you're not, he's not like hanging out with Milton Blakely yeah. and TJ in the summer. He was like doing his whatever he had to do to survive. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Maywood it was. It was no double. We didn't have a double. I didn't have a double life. You weren't going to like the, the Catholic <laughs> school. You were going to go. the public school. Yeah, <laughs> I go over here to the public school. You know, and you know, I mean, sometimes you get out. You know, you get out of school, and you know, man, pop, 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 pop. You you know, hear gunshots right on the corner where the school is. You know, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how it is now. You know, but let's jump to high school, the Great Assembly Hall. Yeah, the word brings a chill to the bone for many of us. Yeah. Um, Certainly myself, I'm sure you. I did not know that your first two years, you did not win a match the state tournament. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, my, my freshman year, I was, you know, at the wrong weight class. I, I think I was at 119 or something. I think Tony was at 103. Yeah. But I think he had a hernia. But it's like two weight classes up. I mean, 
we were always the same size. That's what I'm saying. We were always just, so I, you know, I I was never anywhere close to 103. You know, what I mean, I wrestled 119, and I wrestled 125 sometimes. It's like <laughs> this is how much I weigh. I weigh 120. You know what I mean? I don't even weigh 120 sometimes. But we had other guys. We had um, Corey Frazier. He was a um, uh, I think he had he was in the um, state finals against Lindsey Durlocker the year before. And he couldn't make 103 again, so he was at 112. And then I couldn't make 103, so I had to go 119. So. But then your sophomore year. My sophomore year. Undefeated. Yeah, the toughest quarterfinal one. in state history, bro. The toughest quarterfinal Don't in state think? history. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, because Micah Hay, returning state champ. It was tough. So yeah. before we get there, tell me, like, when I mention the word assembly hall, what kind of emotions does that evoke? Well, it, uh, for me personally, you know, everything's kind of attached to, you know, my, my, uh, my personal social life, you know. So <clears throat> when I think about Assembly Hall, I think about my friends that got killed, you know. And I think about, you know, um, I mean, I had a lot of wrestlers. I didn't make any other friends, really close friends, but wrestlers. And I don't have, you know, none. I mean, they're all, you know, you know, have uh, Corey Frazier's dead, um, Luan Gray's dead, um, uh, Stanley Evans, dead, you know, gun violence, all gun, all gun violence, all state place winners. I, you know, state, you know, wow. Illinois state place winners. I just named state, uh, state place winners. They were on my team. They're dead, you know. Uh, um, uh, Jermaine White, you know, uh, 20 years in prison, you know, going away for 20 years. You know what I mean? He, these are my wrestling. These are my partners, you know. So, it's like, you know, um, I wasn't even the best one out of, out of the group, you know. I can name four or five people that are, you know, probably dead or in prison that, you know, um, I actually used to spar with. And I wasn't even, you know, I was probably, I could probably, I'm not even ranked one or two, you know, out of those guys. So for me, it's like, you know, I'm there, you know what I mean? And I think about, you know, Assembly Hall and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of just representing, carrying the torch here, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm carrying the torch. I mean, not even only them, you know, the people kind of before them, you know, I kind of think about them too. Because, you know, you remember I talked about how it was a proviso East dynasty and a legacy. All of those people are kind of not here anymore. You know what I mean? A lot of them, you know, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's a couple here and there, you know, that's, that are still around. But most of them are kind of going away. So it's like, you know, you're, you're carrying the torch, you know, for my father, for my uncle. For everybody else, kind of, you know, so, you know, um, I can kind of detach from, you know, that emotion, you know what I mean? And um, I didn't win those uh, those first two years. And, you know, mainly because, you know, I, I was always in a tough weight class. I, you know, I'm still, I'm always with Tony. And um, tell us about that sophomore year bracket. Oh, man. So um, I can tell you about the bracket, but the build up to it was yeah, kind of, you know, yeah, the build up was, it was huge because it was like, you know, I was kind of ready. I felt like I was ready. I wrestled all summer. Yeah, yeah. I wrestled all summer, and I wrestled Ke uh, Kelly and Kilgard and all those guys. And I was like, oh man, uh, Tony might be able to beat these guys. You know what I mean? But we'll we'll see. You know what I mean? But I never got a chance to get my hands on Tony. Um, I actually got chicken pox. I got chicken pox that year. I see. I never tell that story because you know, uh, Michael Hay beat me. He beat me fair and square. He you know took me down. You know. But um, the story that I never tell, and you know, um, it's the first time I'm actually telling it, is three weeks before the regionals, I had that chicken pox. Mm. <laughs> mm. I didn't wrestle. I, I mean, my sister got chicken pox. 
And then I got it like two days later. No and I, you know, I'm just laying there for like three weeks. You know what I mean? And then the regionals, I'm like, I almost lost at the regionals. I almost got bumped out of the regionals that what? year. Yeah. I mean, I was undefeated, but you know, I'm still, I mean, I'm beating a guy that I, I could take fall. I actually, I think I got put in a splato or something. You know what I mean? I was about to get stuck. You know what I mean? I'm like losing to a guy that I could take. And then it was tough. I mean, Michael Hay was tough. He was a returning state champ. And um, you had Tony Davis in there and Micah took me out and I was like, oh man, I'm out of the bracket because there's no way in the world he's going to beat Tony. But they were like in double overtime. I was, I was sitting there like, oh, I'm not going to make weight. <laughs> <laughs> what it, happened in the, uh, the Micah Hay-Tony match? Do you remember any of it? It was, yeah, they were scrapping. I mean, um, Micah Hay slowed Tony, he, he slowed him down really good. You know what I mean? It was like nothing going on. Like, I don't even think Tony got a, a, a takedown or anything. I think, I think it was like one-to-one, one, like double overtime. But then Tony, you know, he ended up like getting a five-point move at the end, kind of put him on his back at the end in double overtime. But it was a close match. It was a nail-biter. Yeah, Mike was tough. He was tough. How would you describe his style versus Tony's style? Oh, man, it was like uh, he was more like, tear, tear, you know, Terrapelli strong and, you know, uh, good in, in in position and in control, you know, and he was a lot shorter, so it was hard for Tony to get to him. You know, I could tell. You know, and Tony's more of a quick wrestler, would you say, or? Uh, uh, t t Tony, you know, he, he he could do everything. You know, he was quick. I mean, sometimes he could be quick. He could be explosive. You know, he could be powerful. <laughs> he could he could do everything. You know, he could beat you. Any, I mean, he could. You know, yeah, he was good everywhere. And yeah. that double A bracket, man, because when I was in it, it was two two divisions, just like when like you were mentioning, that Friday night quarterfinal round, the place yeah. was electric. Man, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. And then you had um Elijah Roberts was in there too. He was tough. He was tough. He was really good. He'll he rip was, a neck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would put you in that neck wrench. Yeah, he'll get you. But he was tough. He was tough. He be I think he beat me in junior college. Elijah Roberts did, yeah. I underestimated him. <laughs> I underestimated him because I thought all he could do was this thing. And I was like, he can't get me in that, you know? So how did the, uh, you know, not placing your sophomore year after going undefeated, how did that motivate you going into that offseason? Um, not placing, uh, uh, oh, yeah, that was tough. That was a tough time. That was a tough time because I was going some uh, through some things, you know, um, outside of, you know, the wrestling mat and, you know, getting into trouble and things like that, <laughs> you know, so, um, it, but, you know, I, I actually, you know, I, I focused a little bit more, you know, I did a, a little bit more wrestling. Um, I didn't play football the next year, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, I knew me and, and, and Tony, we were on a, um, a collision course to, you know what I mean? Um, uh, to that finals, you know, we're on a collision course. It, it it really didn't matter, you know, if we got, you know, if we got drawn on the same side of the bracket or not. It was like we're gonna have. I mean, I'm gonna have to take him out, you know, you know. Um, but you know, really, it wasn't about trying to take him out. It was about again trying to win, you know, as many positions as you can, you know, with him, and then kind of limit the positions that you you actually you you're actually in 100. You know what I mean? So, uh, what were some of the positions you wanted to get into, and, and also wanted to avoid with Tony? Um, 
one one thing you didn't want was uh you didn't want to spend too much time on the bottom. I think uh uh uh, to, uh, uh Tony is um people underestimate how good he is on top. He's really good on top. <laughs> as good as he is from from uh, neutral, I feel like, you know, uh where he's his strongest position is 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 uh on the top, you know, because you know, um I I think one year he you know turned Terry Pelly over at the at the national tournament. He had him in a like a banana split or something. I was like I was like, what? Seriously? It's like I can't hold this guy down and save my life. You know, Tony's got him in a banana split. His leg riding was unreal. Legs, yep. He was a little bit longer than I was. Him and TJ were a little bit longer, maybe an inch. You know what I mean? But that's that, that's huge. You know, that's huge in wrestling. But um, <clears throat> uh, man, just good everywhere. I mean, I don't think he was uh that good upper body. You know, I think that's why I had a um a slight advantage over both, you know, TJ and Tony, I, you know, I had a slight advantage there, but it, it's hard to, you know, get people in there and keep them in there. So it's like, um, but, you know, that bottom, you know, you didn't want to stay on that bottom too long. You didn't want to do too much scrambling because he'd get you and, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be just, you know, he would get, you know, it wouldn't be, he's going to get two points. He's probably going to get a pin, you know, the more, you, okay. So the one thing about Tony and TJ and Joe, you know, and, and and I could pride myself on it too. The more the more you wrestle it, the more you wrestle Tony, the more he's gonna kind of beat you up. You know, the more <laughs> the more points he's gonna score on you. You know what I mean? The more positions you're gonna you know you're gonna open yourself up. You know, and, and you're gonna look up. It's gonna be twenty to twenty to seven or something. <laughs> his defense was so good. Like people would shoot, and his spin behind was just yeah. He's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, somebody that's just like him, Darian Caldwell's just, I mean, they're kind yeah. of the same, similar, similar styles. The more you wrestle against them, the more it's going to, the uglier it's going to get, you know? So well, I figured that out really early, <laughs> seventh grade. So when you're going into that season, I got to imagine all year, the message, not that there's message boards, but people all year were hyping up for you and Tony to be in the finals. Would you say that's a fair, like the hype going into that junior year state was big? Yeah, yeah, well, so... I didn't know if he was going to be at that weight. <laughs> I knew it was a possibility, but I didn't. I didn't find out for sure that he was going to be at that weight class to maybe January. It was, and somebody came back. I think Gertie's or Ben Gertie's or something came back and and told me, "Hey, Tony's at this weight too. You guys are both at the same weight." I was like, oh, "Okay, all right." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Because yeah, you just never know what what weight people are going to be at. Because I'm wrestling, you know. Sometimes I would wrestle 140, you know what I mean. 145, you know. I've you know float around, but you know, in January you're at your weight class, you know, that you're going to wrestle for state. So yeah, but it, it you know from January yeah that whole month you know what I mean it was a lot of hype. It was like yeah, you guys are going to you guys are like on a collision course, you know. But yeah, so um, it was yeah, it was a lot of hype and you know. I welcomed it. I mean, I was gonna win some. Uh, I was gonna win some of the, some of the actual positions, you know. And once you guys finally got down there, it's Saturday night. You're in the tunnel. You know, do you have any memories of being in the tunnel, or like kind of like the, the yeah. last moments before you're walking out to step on the mat? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I can remember I was uh, listening to Tupac. <laughs> I was listening to the Tupac "All Eyes on Me." You know, I hadn't won a match. You know, so it was like. Um, 
I'm in the finals now. You know, I know I could have, you know, won matches before, you know, before, you know, before that year, but you know, I hadn't. So it's like, yeah, I had, I, I didn't have anything to lose, you know. But you know, at that time, you know, that match it was so big, and and like, like just looking back at it now, it's like I didn't realize that, you know, I was kind of wrestling to save my life. You know, that was a match I was wrestling to save my life. You know, and I, you know. And I can, you know, almost say the same thing about Tony. I mean, I, that match, everybody saw it. You know, everybody knew kind of how good Tony was. But then, you know, I mean, we we're out there scrapping in front of everyone. So it's like, you know, we're we're wrestling. We're wrestling out of poverty. You know, we're wrestling. You know, um, to um, uh, see and experience things that we wouldn't we we would had never experienced. You know, what I mean, uh, if we wouldn't wrestle. You know. I mean, you know, I you know get a chance to travel the country and you know um, meet people I wouldn't you know never met. You know, I mean, <clears throat> if you're just used to those 21 blocks that I'm from Maywood, you know, you don't really you don't see any um, uh, you don't see you know you don't have a model of you know what you should be doing. You know, I mean, <laughs> everybody that was my model, you know, what I mean, it's like they did the wrong thing, even adults. You know, I had a lot of adults around me that were doing the wrong thing. That's what Tony told me. He's like, you'd like, be what? surprised how many parents ever had, like, crack problems back then. Right, yeah. They just doing, totally weren't around. They're doing drugs. It's like, what do you, what, like, <laughs> I know I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Tell me what's right, you know? I mean, you don't see anybody that's doing right that looks like you. You know what I mean? You see Cartwright and you see his family. He's living, you know, kind of, you know, in River Forest. I don't live in River Forest. <laughs> right. You know, but, you know. Uh, he's awesome, you know what I mean? He, he was always there, you know, come pick me up from a bad neighborhood. He'd pull up in his car in Maywood, you know, in St. Charles, and come pick you up. But um, So the stakes are so high in that match, your junior year. Tell me about the Grand March. Oh, man, it was awesome. It was electrifying. It was like, you know, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused, you know. I mean, because that's the biggest thing is, you know, um, the level of focus, you know what I mean? If you could, you know, you have to stay focused for a long time, you know, and or you you'll lose it all if you if you lose your focus. I mean, that's one thing that happened to me in college. You know, I lose my focus sometimes in matches. So, how would you describe the Grand March to someone who's never been to the Illinois State Tournament? Oh man, um, um, it's just it's 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 it's, it's electrifying. You know, it's like you know it's. You can't let that, you know, you can't let the um, situation get too big because you won't wrestle, you know what I mean? Um, they turn the lights out and everything? They like turn that? the lights out and, you know what I mean? It's like um, you got the guy standing right across from you, you know? Um, you might, you know, I mean, you got greatness, you know, on both sides of you. You got other state champions, you know, you see, you know, um, TJ Williams, he's a force down. You can get starstruck really easily. It's like, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> You know, am I inadequate? Am, you know, am I an imposter? You know, you know, am I supposed to be here? Some guys make it to the mat, and you know, and they get pinned or tech. You know, they might be an imposter. You know, <laughs> you just what you don't want is you don't want to get embarrassed out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, and Illinois was so deep at that. It time. was deep. You could get embarrassed. Yeah, get embarrassed. So when you're like moments from stepping out there, you know, the match before he's already done. Are you having any self-doubts or are you focusing in at that point? I was locked in. I was locked in. I mean, 
you know, I always say things happen for a reason. I was prepared, you know, mentally and spiritually, you know what I mean? Because, you know, um, I was hurt, you know what I mean? Those first two years, you know, so it was just like something that was ordained. I was going to win, you know, I was like put in a position to win, even if I didn't want to, you know, because I was so hurt those, those two years, you know, it was just so much inside of me, you know, in my heart, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was going to come out eventually, you know. So, um, did you see Tony in the warm up area at all before that match? I, uh, I don't think I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I would, you know, I don't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, I remember seeing him coming off the mat a couple of times. Um, but I feel like I was, <laughs> I feel like I was so focused and so locked in and it was my time, you know, I, I even did things to, um, to lose the match and give it back to him. You know, I can see it when I watched it. I was like, you know, I almost gave the match back a couple of times, you know, and it's like, what am I doing here? You know, but it was just like, you know, it was my time, you know, it was time. It's like when you watch that, you know, if someone's never watched this match, yeah. Like, how would you describe that sequence, sir? Well, he beat me. That was my strong, one of my strongest positions, you know? That's how I took him down at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I took him down with a duck at the end, but in the beginning of the match, it doesn't work. So it's my, I'm trying to get him to my strongest positions, you know, but not too many of them. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to describe wrestling somebody like him. I can describe my matches with TJ. Because they're kind of, you know what I mean? I can understand why, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, with, but, but with Tony, he's, he's so athletic, it's like he's going to beat you in all the positions, you know? You so were so it, deep on that high dive. It like, doesn't work. Damn. <laughs> second period, you rode him the whole time. Was that strategy going into it? I'm good on top, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good on top, you know? I mean, um, Tony's good on top, too. You know, um, I thought I rode him out, you know? But, you know, it kind of went against me. I think we, you know, we're in four or five positions, you know, um, uh, I think we probably split, you know, and then I got that last position, you know, that, um, uh, that reversal, you know what I mean? Tell that me was, about the reversal. That's something I couldn't plan. I don't even know what happened. I was just trying to get my hips out, you know, I don't know. It was like seconds left. It's like, I'm just trying to get my hips out, you know, I just wasn't going to stop moving. I was going to get my hips out. You know, I was pre I'm pretty. I'm usually pretty good right there. You know, like getting my hips out and and and, and uh, kind of. You know, sometimes I do a flip or a roll. You know, but you know, it's just get your hips out. You don't have any time. Get your hips out. You know. Tell me about the shot before that where Tony scored. You know, like you, you kind of took a half shot and he just had such a quick go behind. Yeah. A lot of people probably thought that iced the match because he's up by up by two. Then yeah. And like you said, that reversal brings you back in. Right. So, um, like, do you have any memories of that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about oh, yeah. that so, sequence. Um, um, I think it's um, a kind of a poise thing, you know what I mean? That's what kind of separates me from Tony a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and maybe TJ, too, you know what I mean? They have better poise than I do, you know? It's like, okay, so I'm in a close match, and I'm kind of controlling the match. But then, I, you know, I lose my poise, and I take a shot like that, you know what I mean? Tony's good right there. He doesn't make those kind of mistakes, you know? <laughs> he wouldn't do something like that. So it's like, um, it's just a poise thing, you know? It's just um, <clears throat> something you can't really even coach or teach, you know? You have poise or you don't have poise, really, right? So that's what, I mean, 
you know, um, just reflecting on it now, I'm thinking that, you know, that's why Tony was a state, uh, state uh, national champion, you know, and that's why TJ was a national champion because they have a little bit better poise, you know. Mm. So this is, so here we get to overtime. What emotions yeah. does that bring back? Yeah, that just that brings back everything, you know, everything, uh, all the work that I had put in and, you know, um, all the hurt and pain that I had felt and, you know, um, it was kind of worth it, you know, for that moment. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome feeling, and even though you know everybody says that 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 duck under was um, uh, what iced it, but you know uh, what I saw was you know I'm in a, I'm in a, a duck, but I still don't have him. He still didn't fall yet. I still had to do a bear hug. I had to you know it was like <laughs> a lot of improvising to get him down to the mag. You know, so it's like was he tired? I don't know. <laughs> You know, so um, if he was fresh, would I had got him down? You know, I don't know. But, you know, it was my time and it was an awesome fit. I mean, it was great. It was great. But, you know, um, I always say that, you know, um, for him, you know, for me, that was kind of what put me on the map. That was the start of, you know, um, of me. You know, that was the start of um, my upward trajectory, you know, going to Oklahoma State and, you know, wrestling my way out of poverty and, you know, not going to jail, not getting in trouble, you know, uh, because, you know, I always tell people, you know, I'm a teacher now, you know what I mean? And I always tell kids you have to have a growth mindset and, um, <clears throat> you know, I always kind of go back to my wrestling days and I always say, hey, I wasn't the strongest. I wasn't the fastest. You know, um, when I was a kid growing up, I wasn't the best looking. You know what I mean? I didn't have the most money. You know what I mean? You know, I didn't have the best personality, the most likable personality. But, you know, if you just, you know, keep trying at something and, you know, um, uh, try trying to better yourself, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's always room for growth, you know. So I feel like, you know, because I didn't have anything, you know, I didn't have anything that, that people liked. I didn't have kind of any qualities that people liked. I had to have something, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that, that was my something, you know, I, you know, I won state, you know. And you, I read an interview, you described it as an emotional high. Would you say that's fair to say? It was an emotional high, yeah. It was an emotional high, yeah. And then after that, that's actually the last match Tony Davis ever wrestled in the state. I heard, which yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So do you remember hearing that Tony had been removed from Mount Carmel and wasn't wrestling? I heard about that, yeah. I heard about that, and, you know, <clears throat> when I heard that, you know, um, I kind of, you know, you would think that I would feel relieved, but I didn't because what I felt was I felt anxiety because, you know, am I next? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I'm just close to being kicked out of school too. See, people don't know that, right? I'm not like, I, you know, <clears throat> when I was younger, I had, you know, I had problems, you know, I, you know, things happen. I live, you know, um, I live right in the middle of, you know, everything that was happening. So, you know, I'm this close to being put out, you know? I mean, I didn't, you know, my ACT wasn't high enough, you know? Um, people, uh, there were still gang fights. You know, my best friends were still engaging in, you know, illegal activities and, you know, wanting me to be engaged in them. You know, um, you know I'm not having the best relationship with, with teachers in, in school. So I'm like, knock on wood, it's like Tony's out, but you know what I mean? That's kind of the last thing on my mind now. Now it's easy. Like, 
You know what I mean? If I can make it to if I can make it to the mat, I'm going. You know what I mean? It's going to be an easy thing to do. But I'm not really thinking about Tony. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you know. Um, Did anyone ever like wonder why he had left since he was like one of their headline yeah, stars? Yeah, 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 yeah. I you know I wondered and and I you know I knew people that knew some people that knew him and and they and they they kind of told me what happened and, and things like that and I feel bad for him you know. You know, I felt bad for him. Were you uh, guys friends, you and Tony? Or I didn't. We didn't know each other yet. You know, we didn't know each other yet. Um, I met him um, uh, uh, maybe after uh, I met him personally, personally, like um, maybe our junior year in college. Junior year in college. Yeah, but I knew people who, like you know. Um, knew a lot of the twisters like um my older group they knew they they knew a lot of the twisters like david douglas and no michael douglas mm -hmm. michael douglas and the older uh and tc danzler you know santaford santaford yeah so yeah. my coaches knew their coaches got it and they were like oh well tony's over inglewood high and he's trying to get back in school and all that and i was like well keep me posted <laughs> what kind of place is inglewood high compared to mount carmel Oh, was, you know, it was a, it's a private, I mean, it's a public school. It would be like provisories, you know, it would be metal detectors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, my, my junior year, that's when they put metal detectors in. My freshman and sophomore year, we didn't have metal detectors. So my freshman and sophomore year at provisories, it, uh, it, it would be kind of common for the police to find a gun in the school, a gun. Or a knife or something like that in the, in the school. And Inglewood had similar problems? I'm pretty sure. Probably worse. Probably a little worse, you know. So, yeah, Tony's over there at Inglewood, you know. That's what I heard. Yeah, I don't even really know for sure. I mean, we talk all the time now. Yeah. You know, we play chess and all of that, you know. I love it, man. Yeah. So you, you, you come out of, you know, Illinois, the shark-infested waters of wrestling. You, you, you make a name for yourself. You get to JUCO. How would you describe... The JUCO scene versus the D1 scene in terms of like oh, the kids who were going there. Um, and I guess what I'm getting at is like, I don't know if you've seen Last Chance U on Netflix. It's about no. this junior college football program, Mississippi, that sends more people to the NFL than most D1 schools. Oh, yeah. And it's like, listen, kids come here because the system either failed them or they got overlooked yeah. or whatever. So, I mean, that's just kind of wondering, Juco versus D1, what does it look like to you when you think of, compare it like that? Oh, when, when I was there? Oh, wow. So, I mean, we had, you know, it was still TJ and Tony there. <laughs> All my life, I've been surrounded by them. You know what I mean? You beat them. You had to go through them to, to win, you know? So, it doesn't matter if we were in Juco, junior high wrestling, it didn't matter. You know, you had to always go through TJ or Tony to to, to win something. So, it's like, um, um, <laughs> I tell this story, um, uh, I was at Triton, and um, I had just kind of came off that state champion, uh, championship, and, you know, I had teched my way through the whole season, you know what I mean? Because, you know, nobody was, I mean, it was, you know, just me and Tony, right? So, and I, I kind of feel invincible because, you know, I would, you know, even I went to Fargo, and I, I only lost to TJ, you know, um, at Fargo. And um, I was like, okay, so, you know, what's going to happen in JUCO, you know? So it's going to be kind of easy, right? And I get to the first tournament, and... and <laughs> I start warming up. I'm warming up, and I'm looking. I'm, I like look to the side, and I was like, "This is Milton Blakely right here. Like, why is Milton Blakely over here?" I'm like running, running, running. I ran again, run another circle. Then I was like, "Huh?" 
saw a ghost. And it was Tony Davis putting his shoes on. I was like, a ghost. <laughs> he was in the, I was like, hold on, time out, time out. Nobody had told me he was in the bracket. So I went, I was like, time out, time out. Tell me he's not in my weight class. I go over to the bracket and I'm like, oh no, he's in my bracket, right? I'm like, he, I mean, he didn't wrestle last year. You know what I mean? He couldn't be too tough. He didn't wrestle last year. And um, nobody was really thinking about um, us, you know, me and him, you know what I mean? Because there was another guy in, in the bracket and they thought he was the better guy because he was a little older, Todd Buckland or something from Iowa. I guess he was like one of the best recruits from Iowa or something like that at the time. He was a little bit bigger than us. And everybody was like, oh, Todd Buckland, Todd Buckland, Todd Buckland. I wasn't thinking about Todd Buckland. <laughs> I was like, Tony Davis is over there putting his shoes on. I'm not worried about Todd Buckland, right? And it's like, uh, yep, Tony Davis is in the bracket and Todd Buckland, me and Todd Buckland, we're on the same side of the bracket. And then Alan Cartwright, he was in the bracket too. You know what I mean? So it was a tough bracket, like that first junior college tournament that I wrestled. And um, Did you wrestle Tony? I wrestled Tony in the finals. In the finals, you know? Um, kind of like right after I wrestled Todd Buckland in the semifinals, I beat him in an overtime. And it was like, um, okay, so now I got Tony. And we wrestled the same kind of match. Same kind of match. I don't think, you know, to this day, I don't even think he wrestled. I don't think he ever stepped back on the mat. Like, he didn't wrestle for a year. I wrestled a lot of matches. <laughs> I wrestled 44 matches. I wrestled 44 uh, regular season matches. Then I went to Fargo and wrestled another 20-something matches. I went to Northern Plain Regionals, wrestled 20 matches. So I probably have 100 matches. And Tony didn't wrestle. I had wrestled, I wrestled 100 matches and Tony didn't wrestle no matches. And we were winning overtime. I'm like, what? You won. I won. I beat him. I beat him. But it was the same kind of match. The same match as we had, you know, um, my uh, junior year. Our, our junior year. It's like, got to take him down to beat him. You know, he's in on stuff. He's almost taking you down. It's the same kind of match. What kind of ring rust did he have? What's that? What kind of ring rust did he have? Oh, he wasn't rusty. <laughs> he didn't have any rust. He didn't have any rust, you know. Because, yeah, he was in the finals. I mean, it was a tough tournament. He was in the finals. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I mean, it's just he's the kind of guy that you, he's going to beat you in every position, you know. And, you know, um, you have to limit your positions. The more you wrestle him, you know, the more he's going to score. <laughs> The more you slow it down, if you slow the tempo down, it could, you know, it could be 4-4, you know, because I think um, he be, he might have beat Alan Cartwright in the semifinals, maybe 9-7, you know what I mean? Like that, you know what I mean? Because it's a slow pace. But if it's fast pace, he's, you know, he's going to come out on top and he's going to have a lot more points than you, you know? Do you remember watching him at the Juco Nationals at all? Uh... Uh, uh, he wasn't at my weight, but um, yes, yeah, I saw him wrestle. Yeah, yeah, we were actually supposed to be at the same weight, and um, I got my I sprained my ankle at a tournament, and then I came back and I was kind of big, you know, and it was like I just stay up here forty. I think they just changed the weight classes then, you know, because he was at thirty four his first yeah, year, thirty four, yeah, yeah, and then forty two his second year, right. Right, right. So when did you guys wrestle in the dual Triton Iowa Central? Is that another time? No, no. It was that year. That was that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the first tournament of the year. It was the first tournament. 
Got first it. tournament, but he was at 42. He was at he was at my weight, you know. Got it. And when was the next time you guys wrestled from there? Oh wow. Um, <laughs> the next time we wrestled from there was it the Oklahoma State duel? Oklahoma State duel. Oklahoma State duel. Yep. So tell me about the jump between JUCO and D1 wrestling. The jump between uh, JUCO and, and D1. It's just you. Um, so. The biggest thing uh, is the 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 level of intensity. You know, I mean, it's just you just had to hold positions uh, a little bit longer, um, and you had to kind of match your opponent's intensity. You know, so that's the you know that's the one thing that I you know um, kind of noticed right off the bat of D one and uh, JUCO because you know, I mean, I'm, you know what I mean, when I was in JUCO personally. When I was at Lassen, we were wrestling D1 guys anyway. You know, I mean, I think I beat the guy that was number two or three in the country, Troy Marr, when I was in junior college, you know. I mean, I'm sure that TJ, TJ was beating, you know, number one and two guys when, when he was at Lassen too. I mean, we were taking the, the we were taking those guys out already, you know. I think Tony had beat um, Oscar Woods or something. Yeah. I know he was like two or three in the country, D1. We were in JUCO taking those guys out already, so... It's just like the, the the level of intensity, and then another big thing um, is um, you had to learn different ways to beat people because you know um, the biggest thing for me was that you had to beat a guy more than one or two or three times, a good guy, you know. <laughs> so I had to wrestle Jared Lawrence. I wrestled Jared Lawrence maybe eight times. How are you going to beat somebody of that caliber eight times? You know, mm -hmm. I probably beat him seven. You know what I mean? But eight, I didn't beat him eight. You know, I beat him seven times. I had to wrestle Jerry Frere probably 13 times because we're in the same conference. It's like, I'm going to see you every week. What about the difference in, like, workload and, like, training and practices they put you through? Is there a lot more difference there? It, I mean, okay, so that's what people, you know, take for granted. Okay, so um, um, somebody, uh, somebody like TJ or Tony or a uh, top-level guy like that, they have the capacity you know, for that, you know what I mean? It's nothing. I mean, it's going to hurt at first, but we, you know, you're not, you can't break them down. You know, you can't break us down. You know, I thought that at first when they said, go out and run seven miles, I was like, go out and do what? <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you go and do it and it's like, oh, okay. I might be a little sore, but the, the next day, you know what I mean? I can go run seven miles again. So, you know, um, I feel like we kind of, you know, we had those bodies where you can just, you know, do anything to it, you know. So. And then when you got to Oklahoma State, you're on a team with some, you know, some really high level names, Jamil Kelly, yourself, yeah. obviously, Mark Munoz, DC. You know, tell us about, you know, the like the pride and legacy that goes in for wrestling for Oklahoma State. Oh man, it's huge. It was huge. You know, um, you know, uh, you know, but you know. It was a great thing, you know, but it has its pros and cons, you know. I mean, you know, if I could do it again, I might have chose uh, a different route, you know. You know, I made some great relationships with Jamil and, you know, um, uh, Munoz and Cormier, Shane Roller, young guys that came through, Chris Pennington, Hendrix, Espo, all of those, you know what I mean? It's great to see that, but, you know what I mean, um, it's almost like, okay, so I'm a teacher now, right? So it's like, um, and I'm a, a parent, right? So I always tell my wife, what I want most for my daughter, small class sizes. You know what I mean? 
because when you get small class sizes, you have more attention. You know, each student gets more attention. You know, if you have, you know, 10 to 15 Tony Davises on them, you know what I mean, on your team, it's like, <laughs> you know, what, you know, what, what, what kind of individual attention am I going to get, you know? You know, so, you know, um, um, is there a lot of like fan support behind wrestling? Pro oh Post? man, man, it was great. It was, I mean, it's almost like you didn't really need to be coached because it's like, you know, you're going to win because you don't want to let anybody down and get embarrassed. You know what I mean? It's an embarrassing thing to kind of go out there and lose, you know? So, but it was awesome. The prestige was awesome. Um, uh, the people love wrestling, you know, um, uh, Whatever you wanted, <laughs> you got it. You know what I mean? Whatever training partner you wanted, you had it. Whatever film you wanted, you got it. Whatever gear you want, you know what I mean? Just go to the, go ask John for whatever you wanted. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. Um, what kind of relationship did you have with John Smith? Me and John were, you know, we were good. We were good. Um, but I was, you know, um, my guy was Mark Perry. You know, that was my guy, you know. <laughs> because you can always tell that John was kind of working an angle on something, you know? He was like, he would be talking to you. It's like, John, come on, man. I'm from Chicago, man. This, I mean, I understand that you're trying to coach, but you're not the great counselor. You're not Coach Cartwright. Coach Cartwright was really kind of like, you know what I mean, a subtle, real subtle. You know what I mean? I don't know if you talk to him, but he's like a real subtle guy. You know what I mean? You can't really tell because he never goes up or down, you know? But John, you can kind of get a read on him really quickly because he's like he's like a fireball, you know. So if he's calm, it's like, oh, okay. What are you what What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do, right? When you say that, because like Bill Wick's probably the same way, like very like under the real cool. Yeah, real cool. One in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll get you like a subtle beast, right? Yeah. So tell me about the uh, the duel itself between you and, and Tony at Gallagher Senior Night. If you have any memories of that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely do. Um, Walk us through it. Yeah. Yeah, um, same kind of match, you know, you gotta, you know, I'm trying to, I'm getting myself back on, um, uh, on track because, um, I think I had lost a match at the national duels. <laughs> um, you know, um, that's the biggest thing, you know, I, you know, I go right back to that and I say, you know, the toughest thing is you have to keep beating tough guys over and over again. So I think I might've wrestled Jared Lawrence maybe in a duel and major decision him. Beat him by a major decision. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the national duels. You got to wrestle him again next week. And even against you and I, which may be an easy team on the schedule. Right. But you got Tony Davis Davis coming into town. And it's like, are you serious? So I think I had lost to a Jared Lawrence, you know, um, and um, it was kind of crushing blow because every time I lost, I kind of like emotionally, you know what I mean? It would kind of like I would get real low, you know what I mean? I didn't didn't lose many matches, but, you know, if I lost, it was kind of tough, you know? Um, so I had, I, you know, I lost and, um, and it was like, it wasn't getting any easier for me. You know what I mean? Because Tony Davis is coming to town in a couple of weeks. It's like the number one guy in the country is coming into town. You just lost to, you know, the number six guy. So, you know, where are you, you got to do some soul searching. So it was a chance to, for me to do that soul searching and for me to run stadium stairs and, you know, tighten up my game. And, you know, and he's a great barometer again. You know, I've used Tony, <laughs> I've used Tony as a barometer for me, you know, all, throughout my whole career. You know, if, I, if I'm doing well, if I'm wrestling well, you know, I could beat him. You know what I mean? But if I'm not wrestling well, I can get beat up really bad. So it's like you have to pick your game up 
and it's just a chance for you to, you know, um, pick your game up. And that's what happened. You know, I'm trying to win positions against a guy that I, you know, that he doesn't like give up positions, you know? So it's like, I found myself in three, three or four positions. And then I won the last position and I took him down and, you know, my, my confidence was up again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he won the Nationals that year. Yeah, he won the Nationals that year. He did. Yeah, yeah. he beat Terry Pell in the finals. He won it. What kind of, do you remember what takedown he used to get him? Uh, single leg, yeah. Single, maybe, yeah, single leg. And yeah. was it like, was it Swing late in the single. match? Yeah, late, always late in the match, you know. Last take, last position is going to win. Every time we wrestle, you have to win the last position, you know. That's what's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, I think my last matches after that, you know, I was beating guys. You know, I think, you know, I was beating like a Freer. You know, usually I'd be Freer by four or five points. I think I might have beat him by 10 the next match because I'm like, hey, I just beat Tony Davis, you know? So. What was your reaction to Tony going to you and I? Um, well, so I think that he did the right thing. You know, I mean, like I said, I, if I can go back and do it again, you know, I think he made uh, uh, the best decision for him. You know, I think he was a smart. Somebody counseled him. Somebody gave him the right counsel. You know, his college coach because told him, he loved don't his... get lost in the shuffle. What's that? His college coach told him, "Don't go to Iowa. You'll get lost in the yeah. shuffle." Yeah, yeah. So that's right. So he went and Manning. I mean, everything I I hear from him and you know uh, from him about Manning and everything I hear about Manning, you know, from other people is like he's a, kind of a father figure kind of guy. You know. And that's what, you know, that's what somebody from somewhere like Inglewood or Maywood, that's what we need. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's why I say that, you know, it was Oklahoma State was a great place to wrestle. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. But did I make the right decision? I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, you know, but... Um, can't believe he nurtured. Didn't, didn't he wrestle nurtured. for Mark Johnson at Illinois. What's man. that? I'm I'm so bummed. All you guys didn't wrestle for Mark Johnson at Illinois, man. Yeah. Ernest Binion. Mark was awesome. God. I, I heard. You, I mean, he had Terry Pelly. You know. He, True. I mean, yeah, that's he how tough Terry, those weights were. Yeah, he had Terry Pelly, and so I signed with him. I signed with Illinois, and then um, I didn't pass the clearinghouse, so I had to go to junior college. Tell us about. Just two quick questions, and then we're done here. Mm -hmm. Tell us about wrestling Terrapelli and like what he was really good at and like his style. Yeah. Um he um he must have watched film on me because he kinda had my style shut down, you know. Um uh, but I feel like I was ready for him my senior year because that's the only person that was, you know, Tony was gone. You know what I mean? Tony was gone. I didn't have to go through Tony. You know what I mean? So I hadn't lost a match and I was, you know, ready for for Terrapelli. But you know what Terry Pelly did is he had this. Uh, he was really strong, but he was athletic too, and uh, uh, he doesn't get um, um, uh, the uh, the notoriety for that. But he was athletic. He was really athletic. He was strong and athletic. He had strong legs, hips, and everything. And um, um, he was a tough guy, you know, for me to you know for me to beat because he wasn't the guy that I singularly focused on you know it was always somebody that I thought would beat him you know what I mean mm -hmm. <laughs> but I always had to kind of go through him you know for some reason you know um what about but TJ? he was tough how would you describe T like wrestling TJ like what was what was his style like TJ was um he um 
TJ was uh, uh, strong and left-handed. He was left-handed, you know. People don't notice about TJ. He's left-handed. He does things the, the other way, but he's strong. You know, usually <clears throat> I don't have problems uh, wrestling people that are left-handed because they're not usually as strong as he is, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he was strong and he was left-handed, so he'd be close to your leg, like, from the beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd be right there, so you had to be like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. Let me back up a little bit because you're too close to me already. You know what I mean? So, um, but um, what it was with him is, you know, his hips were just like, like impossible to penetrate. You couldn't, pos you know, I couldn't, you know, I don't know anybody that really ever penetrated his, you know, his hips, you know, like if you shoot in on them, you're not going to score, you know, <laughs> you had to find some, another way to score against them, you know, and he's going to be methodical, <clears throat> um, but he's not really going to do much. He's going to stay in really, really good position, kind of just like Terry Pelly. But, you know, um, if TJ starts a move, he's going to get you. You can't let him start a move, you know. You can't let him start his move because you know you know you can't stop him. He's like a like a like a steamroller, right? Would you say Tony, the college wrestler, was a more wide open wrestler than TJ? Uh, or could score in more different ways? He could score in more different ways, but not on t not against TJ. <laughs> he could score in, in, in more ways against uh, an average person or above average person, but. TJ doesn't give it up, you know, he really doesn't give up too many positions at all, or he doesn't get into, you know, he's another person that doesn't get into too many positions, you know. What did you think was going to happen when Tony and TJ wrestled in the finals? I thought, well, okay, so personally, I knew TJ, you know, yeah, he was a close friend of mine, you know, I mean, we, you know, broke bread together, you know, and it's like, you know, we wrestled together, we, you know, they put 30 minutes on the clock. And it's like, I'm throwing everything I got, you know, <laughs> the, the kitchen sink at his hips. And it's like, <laughs> nothing, zero, you know, no takedown. You know, I'm shoot, I shoot, you know, I can shoot 25 times and not get a takedown. You know what I mean? So I was like, uh, I, you know, I don't think that Tony's going to be able to beat him, you know. I, I mean, I didn't, think, I, I didn't think that, you know, I mean, maybe he could, but um, I didn't think it was, uh, uh, you know, TJ was head and shoulders above us, I, I thought, you know, at that point in our career, you know. He was a little bit bigger, too. Way bigger. The next year, he was, you know, 57. Yeah, you look at that match of him and Tony, he looks yeah, a he, lot thicker. Yeah. He was huge. I mean, they came to wrestle us, and we were supposed to wrestle because he was number one. He was ranked number one. I was ranked number two. And they, Iowa came to wrestle us. You know, we had a duel. You know, he had just wrestled in. Um, That's a huge duel. Yeah, we were about to scrap, right? And um, he moved up to 57. They bumped him up to 57. He beat our 57-pounder. Then they moved Schwab up to wrestle me. You know? So it was like he was beating 57-pounders at 49. <laughs> he was big. He's yeah. big. Dude, yeah. Last question for you, man. When you look at like what Tony's done, coming from Inglewood to getting kicked off Mount Carmel to winning Juco's twice to winning D1s. Yeah. And to being teacher of the year, I mean, what, what is that? What kind of story is that? What is Man, that? he's just a, a story of perseverance. I mean, it's like you know, that's what he is, and you know, um, you know, um, he was a, a a great barometer to kind of like you know, if you see that you're kind of like you know neck and neck with a guy like that, you know, you're in good company. You know, I mean, um, 
but yeah, just, you know, just a, a, a story of perseverance and growth mindset and, you know, um, just a model for young kids that, you know, from anywhere, you know, from all walks of life, you know, I mean, you can do it. You can do it. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, the hand that you get dealt, you know, you can, you know, um, uh, you can make a success story, you know, from it, you know, so. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was presented by Spartan Combat. Shop custom team apparel at SpartanCombat.com. And to watch the full video interview of this episode, go to Wrestling Changed My Life and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.